There's a fine line between being ambitious and delusional. I fail all the time. I honestly feel sorry for people that don't fail. Hello and welcome to Meet Green Money, the UNT Student Money Management Center podcast that explores everything you need to know to be financially successful in college and beyond. Today we have the second half of our interview with Eric Mancini and Prince Martin, where we dive into budgets and pricing, failure, and the difference between traditional jobs and being an artist. Hope you enjoy. Do you have specific budgets that you set for a gig or a piece of art that you work on? Yeah, actually I do. So what I do is I keep my regular income, which is very little because I don't I, I do I DJ full time, but I kind of like keep it separate from my DJ income because usually when I get gigs. I usually reinvest it into something that's pertaining to my business. So I just don't want to get some money and then go straight off and just buy something that's not even necessary. That's not going to build my business even like more, even more. So yeah, I kind of keep a strict budget on what I spend and what I take in. I kind of, uh, I have even, I, I even have two separate accounts where one is my business account and one is my personal account. So if my mom sends me money or someone sends me money, it goes into my personal account for like bills and stuff like that. Then whatever I make um, on the road or from from getting booked, I keep in that account. And so when I make like equipment purchases and stuff like that, I I take it from the business account. Um, anything else pertaining to budget? Um, I just kind of live like bare minimum. Like I don't do nothing extra. Like I don't take extravagant trips or buy like unnecessary things because I know it'll take away from my business. I know that you said that you're going to Texas State. So like, how did you create a budget for like okay. having to travel? Well, hours? <laughs> so what I, what I do is if I'm traveling, I make sure that my traveling includes, I mean, my the, the pay includes uh, traveling and somewhere to stay. That's my like top two. So they include the gas, the time for traveling and, um, yeah, they give me a place to stay. So that's that pretty much sets it for me. I just need to eat. That's really it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's really it. How did you determine how to price yourself in the beginning when you were starting out? Well, I was kind of comparing myself to other DJs. Like I would ask like other DJs that I were close to, like if it's not really appropriate to ask people how much they pay you. Um, so, but what I, what I did was I got close to like other DJs on campus and they didn't, we got, we built a relationship where they didn't mind telling me like what the price range was because I really had no idea. I thought I was going to come out making hundreds of dollars like per gig, you know how it is. Yeah, I thought I was just going to bust out like, oh, this is my price. It doesn't work like that. It kind of, you have to kind of like build your name up to a certain status to like say, this is what I'm charging. And they'll say, okay. And that's it. But I kind of, like, got close to other DJs, and they kind of, like, told me, like, hey, this is how much I usually charge an hour. So someone, if someone comes to me and they say, hey, we want you to do this for this a certain amount of hours, then I'll say, okay, this is how much I charge an hour. And they'll, they'll usually take it if, you know, they like it. So you've gotten to the point where you've been able to raise your prices a few times since yeah. what you were initially charging? Yeah, gradually. Because I like to, like, work with people. I'm just not that guy that's just going to, like, try to get the most money out of you. Because I feel like I feel like um, this this was the hard part, the confidence level. I didn't feel like my confidence level was high enough in the beginning. So after that, after I got over that, that's when the price gradually went up. So after um, the price went up, 
and I kind of figured that people was like kind of like they like doing business with me. That's when I kind of to bring it back down just a tad bit because I knew they would just they would just book me in the future. Like so, I wouldn't just try to go all out with them if I knew they were gonna if I was going to get some type of um, call back like for a second time or something like that. So I just I really don't tax like that when it comes to like getting booked. Yeah, I, I I do like the same thing. If someone, if I have someone that's gonna like purchase, like let's say they want to purchase more than just one painting, mm-hmm. I'll give them a better deal yeah. for like a group set, you know. Yeah. So they can get a lot better deal. Like I did a whole bunch of artwork for uh, the new case building in Deep Ellum. Yeah. And my my one of my friends is like in charge of like getting all the artwork for that. So like I did ten paintings at just three hundred dollars a piece. So. But I made like three grand, so okay. that's like makes it worth it. And like I just, as far as like budget, it's just I sometimes like I don't like I I have in my head I know how much it's gonna cost to make a painting, so I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I can get caught up in like wanting to do a project so bad that I don't care how much it costs. Like something that I'm doing right now is like a public art installation is financially irresponsible. Like, if y'all knew what it was, y'all yeah. like, oh, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> but I'm probably, what I'm saying is I'm probably going to lose money on it, but it, it's going to attract attention and hopefully I'll get, you know, people to write about it. And I'm wanting the the entire, inst- it's going to be an installation. I'm wanting the entire thing to become the piece of art. Like, I'm, I don't want to like give away what I'm about to do, but yeah. it'll be funny. My thing is, I keep all my receipts in a little cardboard box, and if I need to, I'm bad at keep that. track of everything. I got the Intuit self-employed app, but they want to charge you for like all the features, so like I haven't used it yet. Yeah, but I still have to get my business in right when it comes to that. It's, I, I mainly get paid in cash, so it's kind of hard. Like, to keep track of like, yeah, when it comes to like pricing, kind of base, I go based off like how they came in contact with me, like. If someone from out of town or out of state uh, contact me for whatever reason, um, usually it's my first time probably doing a gig for them. So I'm sure they have options, you know, when it, when it comes to like other DJs. So I kind of be reasonable on my prices because I know they're taking a risk on me. So yeah, I kind of keep that in mind when, when it comes to like charging people certain prices. Do you have any apps or anything that you use to track how much money you've been making or like what models you use for your car to like travel? Oh. That would have been that Intuit. Actually, you're just not willing to pay for that. I've, I thought about it now. I was like, I think it's like 10 bucks a month or something, which is, I mean, I feel like that's kind of expensive. But I haven't gotten to that yet, but I'll start making consistent money. I was thinking about that yesterday because I'm taking a, um, I'm taking a real estate class right now. And he just go off like on a tangent talking about like other stuff like irrelevant to real estate. But he was talking about how we should like track like if we own a business, how we should track like things like that and certain tax exemptions and yeah, there's a lot of shit you can write yeah, there's so much stuff you can write off. And he was just talking about you can write off your card, this and that. And I'm like phone bill, internet. So when you first started buying your DJ equipment, or when you were making those first pieces of art how did you find the money to start start <laughs> just working Man. regular jobs just don't show my parents this but i took a loan out <laughs> took a loan i took a school loan out and i bought my equipment so i well, mean that makes sense <laughs> the initial equipment yeah it's yeah expensive. i mean I, it, I got the return on it so i mean 
Did you not pay a, off the loan? Or you still working loan, so it's all like it's oh, it's in your tuition. And yeah, stuff. it's all it's all in there somewhere. So, um, yeah, that's how I financed like my first piece of equipment. Piece of equipment. From then on, after I started making money, anything I made, I just put it back into you know the business. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've got the return on it most definitely. Probably times 10, 20 maybe. <laughs> Were there any jobs you worked that you absolutely hated in the process Ooh, of uh, trying to pursue art? <laughs> uh, all of them. No, yeah. I hated. Yeah. I, I worked at Amazon for a while. And I hated Ooh. that job. Like they, they're constantly on your ass about productivity, productivity, productivity. You can go from being the number one store one day to, I mean, let's say you just had a bad day the next day, and they'll. Just be on your ass, like, hey, what's going on? What, what, like, why aren't you stowing as fast as you were the other day? And it's yeah. just like you constantly thrown that in your face, and it's just not. You just feel shitty working yeah. there. So like, I'm glad I'm not working there anymore. Yeah, I hate it. Like, I won't buy anything off Amazon ever again. I, That's um, how much I hate that I'll, company now. I'm just gonna come out there saying. So but, going from environments like that where it's very structured to something like art where the deadlines are a little bit more flexible, you can be working on your own projects. How do you make sure that you still stay on task and are getting things done? Just like just keeping yourself more on schedule, even though you're not clocking in. And it was almost like like when I was a student here at UNT, when I made the best grades, it was when I put myself on a schedule, like I said, I'm going to go to the library at this time every day, no matter what, and spend such and such amount of time, no matter what. Even if I was already caught up, I would just get ahead. And I made like a 375 that, that semester studying accounting, business calculus, philosophy, and like two other classes. And like, I was like, whoa. And it made it just, it made it less stressful. But it's really just making sure you're constantly doing something. I've had a couple of positions that I've uh, enjoyed, but I have I have had more that I hated. I'm just starting with the internships. Yeah, I, I worked there at a couple of internships. They were cool. Money was good because they were like big corporations. But I can talk more about the jobs I hated. I worked at McDonald's. I hated it. And then I recently was fired from uh, Six Flags. I was working there almost four years. And I really took it as a sign of like, really what I really wanted to do. Once I got fired, that's when my business kind of like ex- like expanded because I my focus is more on DJing and music and making more money and having fun. So I took it as a sign and I just ran with it really because I hated the job. I just stayed in it because it was convenient and it was just like hourly and it was like easy, go, go to work, do, do the time, Go back out, get your money. It doesn't feel like work when you're when you're doing what exactly. You, what you like. When I so say the time goes I by, can, like I can that. be painting for ten hours and it doesn't yeah. feel like I'm working. At all. Yeah, so time goes by fast when when you actually enjoy it, but when you're miserable. But I did have so one much. job that I actually liked. I, working at AT and T Stadium, Jerry World. I actually really liked that job. It was I used to work there. Like, so you did work there. Well, it was a vendor. Vendor that was there, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I got to like interact with the guests. It was just I like talking to everyone there. I feel like when you're starting out uh, with a small business, you'll you you'll always have to have a nine to five like starting out because yeah. I'm I mean, probably about to have to get another one. Yeah, me too. Mostly for the health insurance too. 
that too. Yeah, that's yeah. the one plus that that Amazon has. Type yeah. Insurance. Yeah. Starting out, you'll most definitely have to have like a nine to five. If you're in school, it'll be that much tougher because you have to balance school, work, and trying to follow, you know, your passion and starting your small business. Yeah, that's the only thing with like working a regular job too, though. Is like it'll it'll make you become like more complacent in like the business of what you really want to do mm-hmm. because you'll feel like you don't have to work as hard at that because you have this consistent income. So then you like not doing everything you could be doing or you should be doing that not having a job can kind of motivate you to do. Yeah. Has there been anything that you've bought in pursuit of your business or art that you've worried was a waste of money? What I just invested in. <laughs> so I really don't have anything to my, was like pertaining to my business or just in general, just like dumb purchases. Could be in general. If you want to do that. Mine can be considered a dumb purchase, but I think it'll pay off in the end. Okay, so it's more of an investment. Yeah, exactly. I think um, it was my car, but I was like in a rush to purchase a car. So I was just like, get it. I'm going to just go buy, go get a car note, you know, just get a loan. Um, That was kind of a regret because I could just save my money and just bought a cash card. So I feel like if, if if anyone is in school or just graduated or just... Plan out broke. Do not go buy a car. Like, like don't don't get a car note because that's the worst decision you can make. Because you ha- you'll have insurance on top of that, and that can be just as much. Especially being young, it can be just as much as the car note. But yeah, they say within the first year of graduating, most graduates they they go and buy a car with their first like earnings from a new job, and they say that's like the worst mistake you can make because cars depreciate. You know, so as really, soon as you drive it off a lot, exactly. So I, I heard like you want. Always buy used. Yeah, yeah. I would. I should have just got a, a a cash card or or something. But I, I would say that's my biggest um, purchase regret. Have you ever got that that check? You just like, oh, like this is the biggest check yet. I need to like lower myself. Yeah, I've done that. I bought clothes and regretted it. Shoes. And I was like, why did I do that? And like, what am I trying to impress? It was just like when I when I received my biggest payment. It seems like the more you get paid, the easier it be, it, it becomes. It, it's easier to get. Like, if I say if I get like a thousand dollar check, I feel like I was doing the same amount of work, putting in eight hours, and so at some low end gig. Whereas if I get a thousand for just two three hours for a wedding, I feel like oh, it was just that much easier for me to get it. So I'm about to, I'm about to just just buy something just to mm-hmm. just to reward myself, you know. So yeah, I've done stuff like that and I regret it. You guys, like, I mean, I know I've heard, like, your stress stories, but is there ever a time for, like, it's worth it in this situation? Because I'm like, I'm glad I dropped out of school to, like, pursue my dream, or I'm glad, like, I no longer have a nine-to-five, you know? Yeah. Are there moments? Yeah, um, sometimes, it's stressful. It can be stressful sometimes because at times the business can become slow, so you kind of start, like, having, like, second thoughts about, like, exactly what you want to do. But every time I just tough it out and just like stay focused and work harder and it'll it'll like all pan out in the end. Besides going off and getting a more traditional job, how do you make sure that you're financially prepared for the slow times? Just saving, really. I say I save at least three months uh, to cover all of my expenses. I save that much in advance just to cover everything just in case, you know, something happens, you know, accidents, emergencies, stuff like that happens. That's that's a pretty pretty good cushion. Three months to cover everything, 
Yeah, that's that's really good cushion. Like yeah. that's that's kind of what I had, but I'm like towards the tail end of that, and that's why I might have to get another regular job mm-hmm. to offset yeah. that. But I don't want to. Like I want to just I want to get another three thousand dollar job, mm-hmm. like another contract to mm-hmm. do some art for that, and then have that push me through for another couple months. Yeah. And, but yeah, you can get caught in thinking that it won't happen. It won't yeah. come. And, and, I don't know. You you can you can eat yourself up and like get super depressed and yeah, or you can just do whatever it takes. I mean, I guess it's the hardest part is like knowing what you need to do as an artist because I'll get caught up in just like constantly making work where I forget that hey, I need to sell this shit to make money. So, but like I'm trying. What I really want to do is get a body of work ready and put on a solo show. That way, I can like hopefully price my paintings at what I think they're worth and ideally what I'd like to get to is to where I could put on one to three solo shows a year and make enough money off that to be like a yearly income to where like let's say I have a solo show in May if I could make let's say I spend six months preparing for that if I could make six months income to where I could spend the next next six months preparing new work more new work and then sell that and just keep doing that Perpetually, I mean, that's my ideal like way to be able to do this. But there's like a very small percentage of, of artists that actually get to do that. I know in a way you said that it was kind of motivating to not have that normal nine to five job and know that you have to be out there working. Yeah. But how do you balance like getting motivated by that and not letting it like overtake you and make you so stressed out that's, that you can't create? That's the hardest part. Like it's just really easy to get in that funk and feel like there's nothing I can do. But really, like, that's not true. There's always something else you could do. Some of the jobs I've gotten was just by, like, walking into businesses. Instead of, like, taking... Instead of watching, like, Rick and Morty on on Hulu, I should be approaching businesses or sending out emails. Or yeah. So, like, I'm human, you know. I will end up, like, doing things that aren't necessarily positive for my business, but I do that a lot less because like, I've recognized that it's an absolute waste of time. I don't honestly like I want to be successful as an artist so bad. Like I don't even enjoy watching TV anymore. I'm sitting there and I just feel like like it's a waste of time. Like why? It, I, don't I don't even, even know if I enjoy it anymore. You know I don't what I'm even saying? Own a TV. Yeah, that's probably the best. Yeah, that's probably the best. I'll watch something. Like on Netflix on my laptop, but I really don't spend much time watching TV. Yeah, but I you mean, have to. I feel like the first step is realizing that your small business or your business is your nine to five. Yeah. So the amount of time. So if you, you set were, a, set a schedule, like yeah. that's your best bet. Like, yeah, you're putting saying, forty. You're gonna wake up at six no matter what. Yeah, even though I don't have to clock in at any time, I could work from noon to ten p.m. if I wanted to. But I mean, I've decided like having that more like I was working a regular job structure is the best for me because if I bounce around, like it just, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it just, and it keeps my body like able, like I'm less able to fall into those negative habits in a way. And honestly, I feel like meditating has been like the biggest, the best thing in my life because it's just helped me become more self-aware. And call I can call myself out when I'm not doing what I need to do today. Like doing this interview has reminded me of all the shit that I should have done earlier today that <laughs> for some true. reason I didn't, you know, or whatever. Like it's 
but if, if you if you sit there, you also have to remind yourself of what you did do. But as as a as a creative, it's right now for me, I'm sure a lot of people feel it's not just creative people, but I feel like I'm always like I'm I'm not I'm never where I want to be. I feel like there's always a next step that I like I want That's to get true. to. So even when I make a lot of money off of a job, I feel like you set new goals. That and, and it's just I know that that money is gonna go really quickly. Like in in reality, three thousand dollars is not a lot of money. That's nothing. Like that shit will be gone. That could be gone in a couple weeks if you haven't paid bills. You know, and you gotta pay all your bills. So like, I don't know. It's just about like I have like friends I want to like like start like turn this into a serious business to where it's not just like me producing work and hoping to sell it. Like I want it to be like like a firm, like an art firm that like people would come to, to like have custom murals done. And I'll have like a team of artists and we'll all like work together. Like in the beginning, yeah, we're probably not going to make that much money, but if we do the right work, like I'm hoping to get like the contracts with like corporate gigs or like UNT or something like to do art for UNT. And I actually, this is one thing where I like, I kind of should have found any possible way to do it, but I, I put a painting up, in the union one of my things to promote myself was to put like paintings on walls like just randomly i mean it's kind of it's a it can be kind of a waste of money but it also promotes my name and that's probably why like a, a lot of people have known who i am on unt because i put one in the art building and it stayed there for like close to two years um, and it's like it has like it usually has my name in it like real big so you can see it and i put one of those up in the union when they were like remodeling it and all the walls were white so like I had like the only piece of artwork in there. Well, when I hang them, I usually like hang them on brick walls and with like adhesive Velcro, so it doesn't do any damage. Well, I hung it on like their drywall, and so like it's really like industrial strength like Velcro. So the back like it like ripped a chunk of the drywall out or something. But luckily, they were still building it, so like the builders just fixed it. But the the manager of the the union, like I think his name's Zane Reef. I don't know if he's still the manager, but. I need to hit him up but he he actually called me and was like hey we have your piece because i put my information on the back because i don't want it to be like a problem you know what i mean like i'm hoping that people find them and just like want to keep them usually but i kind of like i don't know i got a little crazy i was like i'm just gonna put them around your tea <laughs> sometimes you just have to yeah. just go out there and put yourself yeah. out there but but yeah he hit me up and was like hey so we we got your piece of artwork you know it was like, he wasn't mad, but he was like, it did do a little bit of damage. And so, like, a way you can make it up to me is, like, I want you to actually do a painting for the union. But at the time, like, I was not making really any money. So, like, I didn't have the means to, like, get everything to do the painting. Because I was going to do it for free. Like, that was going to be, like, the trade-off for me screwing That's shit up. Yeah. yeah. So, I, like, was like, yeah, I want to do it. But then I just, like, ne was never able to get, like, the funds together and just kind of slipped away. And so I think I'm going to, like, get something together and, like, just call him and be like, or I'm going to call him and be like, hey, can I still do that? Like, I want to do that painting. I'm probably going to do that soon. Like, I've been meaning to call him. And mm -hmm. I thought I had his email and I was going to email him, but maybe I'll just, right maybe I'll just walk yeah. in. <laughs> I don't know. It's not hard to find him. Yeah. Are there any tips that you guys would give people that are possibly in their room still practicing DJing or, um, Thinking about dropping out of that business course or... Don't drop out of school. Keep, like, do what you're doing. Like, finish your degree. Mm -hmm. Unless, like, you turn into Dr. Dre. And, <laughs> which, I mean, you never know. It yeah. could happen. But I think you could, that could still happen yeah. while you're going to school. Mine wasn't necessarily that I just, like, dropped out for art. I just, like, I think at the time I was still, like, mentally 
immature in a way and like was still screwing around. So like, I can't say that I just dropped out because of art. Like art was just fortunately something that I fell into when I was like going through my, my problems and stuff, but definitely like stick, stay in school, like get your degree because that's something you can always use. Or like, like there's, you could study music production at yeah. UNT. Yeah. So like you can, there's, there's things you can do. Like if I go back to UNT, I'm probably going to study some art classes and just like try to better. Yeah. yeah I, I definitely like know that there's more stuff I could learn, yeah. but also like just put it out there. Like I said, you can fail doing what you don't love. So and don't look at like, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to have things that don't go well and, and things are going to happen, but don't let that crush your dreams because it happened to everybody. I mean, look at like Michael Jordan. He, I don't, did, didn't he like not even make his college team in the beginning or something? Like, yeah, I think it was, um, he had, like he was a walk on. Yeah, yeah. He was a walk on. And now mm-hmm. like, he's the great, he's like one of the greatest NBA yeah. players of all time. So it's like, you never know. So yeah. just, I don't know. You just gotta, you just gotta keep doing it. Yeah. Just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And if you really love it, like you'll find a way to make it work. Are there any failures you can think of that have really impacted you? Oh, shit. I fail all the time. So it's hard for me to know which one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you'll have more losses than wins yeah. in general. And and if and, and people, I, I, I honestly feel sorry for people that don't fail because there's so much more they could have learned. And like I imagine like how much better they could be mm-hmm. if they would have failed. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you're constantly winning, you're, you're not – I don't know. I feel like you're not you're not competing in the right realm. Or like if you're constantly the best, you're not like it's like I could be a grand grandmaster chess player, but if I'm coming to UNT and just playing all the amateurs and I'm constantly winning, do I really have anything to brag about? I want to like go play against the other grandmasters and like get beat because yeah. then I know okay, I have to get better and better and better because yeah. so then you're you're not in the right realm if you're constantly the best or yeah. like feel the best. And it's, I think, I don't know, like, you can, you can actually, there's a fine line between being ambitious and delusional. And it sucks because, like, as an artist, you probably get called delusional more than you do ambitious. So it's like, you just, I don't know. I kind of fell off track there with what, what I was <laughs> yeah. talking about. But um, when it comes to, like, different tips and uh, whatnot for upcoming artists or anyone that wants to, like, kind of do something on their own, uh, independent of what a 9 to 5 can offer you. I would say be prepared for the worst because you are going to take some losses. You're going to take more losses than wins. And um, be prepared. Stay consistent. And uh, if I say don't listen to negativity, but keep an open mind, you know, because people will give you criticism. If you're not good at accepting it, then you're going to take it the wrong way. But you kind of have to know the difference between someone just being negative and someone just trying to build you up and, like, give you good criticism. How do you tell the difference? Really, if it's a close friend, I'm sure they have the best interest in you and they want to see you do well. So hopefully that's a true friend and they'll just be honest with you, you know. But when it comes to, like, telling the difference, you kind of have a feeling when you know it's genuine or not. You know, because you already know yourself. You you already know yourself. Like like you already probably you already know that about yourself. Exactly. Like, Usually, some people already know what they lack and what you know and what they need to work on. But when it comes like the same thing over and over and over, then you just kind of 
recognize it as just like straight negativity and hate and envy. I'm actually better at taking negative advice. I'm still working than, on it. Than compliments. I'm still working on it. I'm like, not I, I feel more awkward when someone like is really like com- complimenting my work a lot. Like I feel more awkward than like if someone was like, "Yo, I don't like your work." You're like, oh, all right. Like, yeah. I actually I take that's a heart though. Yeah, and but so like you can't, man. Like it's. Well, I guess, fortunately for me, like, visual art, there's no, like, I mean, it could probably be the same with music, but I feel like there's no wrong way to do it. Like, so someone that could end up hating your work, there's another person that's like, I fucking love it. I think it's great. Like, some of the, I was doing, like, really weird stuff with my art Mm -hmm. that a lot of people, like, and what people don't realize is the art was their reaction. I was just trying to get a reaction out of them, Mm -hmm. and I got a reaction, and I'm turning that into art itself now. Mm -hmm which is something else I'm trying to work on, which maybe might not pan out into anything, but I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to find a gallery that will let me put on the show that I want to, the shows that I want to, because I have different ones that I want to do there. Uh, what are some ways that our students or people listening can contact you after this? My, my Instagram, it's just at Mancinism, M-A-N-C-I-N-I-S-M, which is just like my last name with a play on like realism and expressionism. <laughs> but that the word Mancinism actually means left handedness and I'm left handed. You left handed? Yeah. Me so too. like it works out perfect. <laughs> works out perfect. I was like, oh that's so cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, my, my Instagram, I kinda stopped using Facebook for a while just because I, I needed a break. Constantly checking that shit. It's not healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I might do the same with Instagram. I don't know. But I'm on um go ahead. Yeah, or my email. I'm uh, mainly on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. They're all the same, uh, Scheme Poppy, S-C-H-E-M-E-P-A-P-I. I usually keep my DMs open because, you know, you never know when business will come your way. Yep. I constantly check and, like, make sure that there's not a request. Because, like, if you're not – if I'm not following you or you're not following me, one of those, mm-hmm. like, on Instagram, if you DM me, like, it won't get pop it. up in my thing. Like, it'll be, like, one request and I'll yeah. have to hit that. So, like, I'm constantly checking that because I don't want to miss out. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for thank you. letting yeah. us interview you. Uh, any <laughs> final words of wisdom or anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Uh, just stay positive and, and keep working hard. Stay positive <laughs> um, and keep working hard. Yeah. But also, like, be aware of what you need to work on. Like, there's you can be too positive. Once again, that was the conclusion of our interview with Eric Mancini and Prince Martin. If you have further questions or you'd like to hire them, their contact information can be found in the show notes. The Student Money Management Center is your on-campus resource for all things personal finance, so please visit moneymanagement.unt.edu or Chestnut Hall Suite 313 for more information. If you enjoyed the show, please spread the word. Feedback or ideas can be sent to money.management.unt.edu. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you all have a wonderful week.